Good morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I am Rhonda Brighton Hall. I'm the co-founder and CEO of MOI, Making Work Absolutely Human. And today I'm joined by the fabulous Suzanne Gravilovich. <laughs> Hello, Rhonda, and great to be here. It is always great to have you here. Thank we usually you. have a really good laugh. And today we are going to open a great big can of worms. I'm going to leap straight into it because we want to open up a great big can of worms that we absolutely love. Yep. Despite the fact that it's pretty emotional in some places. <laughs> we want to talk about the value of work and not about the money you get for work or anything like that, but the intrinsic value of work itself. Yep. And given the number of unemployed people, and we know that the number of people who have lost their jobs in the last couple of months is just on a million people. Which is terrifying. It's devastating. And the huge amount of government support that's been provided to try and help us all through this. So massive, massive movement. And this has reignited an age-old debate as we now step to go forward and say, how much is to support? And what will happen if people get money and they don't have to work for it? They'll all give up work and stop. It, it is an age-old debate. And we have seen some isolated cases <laughs> where people have not wanted to work. <laughs> and it did take us aback a little. It, um, a lot. It did. Because we've always been as advocates that like work is fundamentally of great value always. Yes. And that people really needed us to be part of their life and to join society. A whole bunch of things we're about to talk about. But we had these clients ring us up and say, look, I've given some of my team JobKeeper and there's work to be done, but they've now said, no thanks, I'm on the couch watching Netflix and I don't want to come back. <laughs> yeah. And what do you do to that? Well, yes. And we talked with them about what to do, but it was it did take us back a bit. Um, but we did talk about it here in the office and decide that, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and yep. some people are a bit scared. Yep. And, uh, and perhaps that's what was driving that behaviour. So, yeah. And it was just one or two people, it, definitely the minority. It was definitely the minority. And I think that that's sort of where we land on that debate before we get back to the topic we want to talk about. Yes. Is that, yes, there are some people who took JobKeeper and then lay down. But the vast, and, and some for good reasons. So I don't want to be flippant about that. Some people yep. who have high anxiety about the current pandemic, etc. There's certainly been enough news stories to make that happen. That's right. Yeah. So we get that, to be empathetic about it. But at the same time, it's a very small minority. And most people that we've spoken to and work with have been incredibly grateful of JobKeeper to support their business or their individual circumstances. Absolutely. And yeah. So I think it's it's actually, despite the rush and the drama and everything, it's actually gone quite well. And now we have to move forward and let's decide how to do that. Someone clever and more political than us can do that. <laughs> but we want to talk about back to that question of why we work. Yes. And at MOI, we have a whole philosophy written about this. It's foundational to our business. And it's a belief that work is a fundamental human right. It's our way of contributing to society. Yep. It's our way of joining the economy and being independent as an equal citizen, making decisions for ourselves, not being dependent on someone else. And it contributes to our sense of self-worth. It gives us a tribe to belong to, and it provides meaning to our days. So if you haven't read that philosophy, jump yes. on our website, www.my.life, because it's there, free, ready. Yep. Uh, but that's where we're up to. And, you know, it is all of those things and more. And given that we tend to spend a third of our lives at work, and we talk about this, a third of our lives are asleep, so they don't really count. And one third Not always, at, but yeah. <laughs> one third's at work. It's really important that we love it and we can find meaning in it. I completely agree. So we're going to have this conversation in three buckets. The first one is the fundamental value of work to participate, to contribute to society, to belong to society, join the economy. Yep. The value of work that is meaningful, connecting us to purpose, Bucket two. And the third one is the value of work as part of enjoying life. 
and loving what you do, which is as Suzanne just beautifully described it. (laughs) And fourth, we're going to talk about work as part of identity and also the edge of that where it goes too far. Yes. Where it completely defines us. Yes. Let's start with fundamental piece, which is joining, participating, contributing to society. And I want to start leaping right in there because I think you only learn this and really deeply understand it when you're working with people who cannot get work. Yeah. And so um, Michael, my husband and I are um, patrons for autism. Yes. And it is a huge um, play in the autism community and there's beautiful businesses like Exceptional, etc. that are working with people on the autistic spectrum. And what you've got is examples of people that as they leave school, we fundamentally understand that we have to give them an opportunity to work Otherwise, they leave school and they have nowhere to go. That's right. And so getting them work and meaning and being part of something and leaving the house and participating in that is super, super, super important. And it's just like when you can't get work, that's that feeling of I'm useless. I'm not part of anything. I'm just stuck here by myself. And the other example that I would add into this, which is a beautiful example of a warehouse that I worked with once, and it was a man who had schizophrenia mm-hmm. and it was under control and he was managing that with his life but it is a very very serious mental illness and he would know what the triggers were and how it happened and it would mean that he had to have some time away from work that was the way he dealt with that and it yep. might be four or five weeks yeah and he would do that and so what happened is we sat with the team in the warehouse and we said look this is the challenge that we've got because we don't want to give his job away and we want him to come back what do you think and automatically this young guy in the warehouse just slept up and he said my dad used to work here and he's retired and he wouldn't mind coming back for four or five weeks and filling in. Wow. What so a great was, idea. It was beautiful. And it was one of those things that when you give people an opportunity to work, the people around them will understand how important that opportunity to work is. Absolutely. And they will help each other to get there. Right. And and you just... That's a lovely them, example. It was beautiful. <laughs> and it was beautiful to see the older guy coming in and filling the job for a couple of weeks. He was happy to be back. He didn't yep. want the job full time. He was yep. happy. Yeah. But... He came back filled in. This guy knew that his job was in safe hands and it wasn't being stolen and he would come back in four or five weeks ready to go again. Yep. And it was just, I think it's only when you're dealing with those communities of people that you deeply appreciate how valuable work is. Absolutely. And look, it's got such a big impact on a person's self-esteem and self-worth, as you said, um, which is hugely important. It, yeah, it is. It, it, it's, I'm valued and appreciated and I can turn up and be part of this. And it's it's super important to all of us. And that brings us to purpose. And you and I were reading a Forbes article just in the last (laughs) week. We were. And it talks about linking your work to meaning. And the story of a bricklayer who's laying bricks and building a wall. So you say to a bricklayer, what are you building? And he goes, I'm laying bricks. The next one says, I'm building a wall. And the next one says, I'm building a cathedral. (laughs) They're all laying bricks, but some of them have got... I linked it to a higher purpose. And we hear lots of people talking about how important purpose is. Simon Sinek, who we know massive fans of, as is most of the world, yes. he talks about this in terms of why and what is the why of what you're doing day to day and finding that so that it's purposeful. And we have a deep connection to the why and the purpose of our job is it doesn't feel so much like work anymore. It feels like we're doing something useful. That's right. And there's a deep satisfaction that comes down to, with that, I think. And, you know, leaders play a huge role in linking people to that purpose and that why. I mean, many people find it for themselves, but uh, some don't, and and leaders can play an enormous role in that. You know, pointing out in that story, um, talking to people about the cathedral and about the vision, that's 
how leaders can connect people to that purpose. Yeah, and even the wall is like, that might be enough. Absolutely. We saw the houses, um, (laughs) the big storm that came through and they had those five houses and four of them had built the stone walls into the bottom to just keep them there. And one of them hadn't bothered and now they're washing away. (laughs) That's right. So the wall can also have meaning, but it's got to be something that a person can find themselves. And when we talk about meaningful work and purpose, we see it as fundamental to belonging and we don't talk about it as some big CSR program. It's not like I work for a company and they're building houses for people with disadvantage. It's actually, what do I do? It's closer mm. to home. It's what do I do every day? Am I contributing to something worthwhile? Is it appreciated? Is it meaningful? Do the people I work with care that I turn up? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things in that. And I think, you know, that links across then to the point you made that a third of your working of your life yes. when you're not asleep yes. um, is actually work. And so it's worth doing something that you love doing. It is. And, you know, I think we all deserve to be doing something that we love. And if you can't do what you love at work, you need to organise your life so that um, you have time to do something you love outside of work. Um, hmm. And, you know, there are some people who do that. They they organise their lives differently. But there's somewhere in your life you have to be doing something um, that you love to and make it purposeful and it doesn't have to be paid work it can be that volunteering absolutely you you see the people everywhere you belong to something you belong to a sports club or a school or anything at all yep you'll find this group of people who do hundreds of hours you know we find that with the autism community is hundreds of hours of their own time just because they so fundamentally want to help other people that's right and that's that's where they get their satisfaction from And then we get to the last point, which is this other end of the spectrum where work becomes not just part of your identity, important thing you love doing, but it becomes your whole identity and you're so enmeshed in your work um, that it makes you really vulnerable to any changes, especially if those changes are outside your control. And at the moment, that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing people who've lost their restaurant that they've spent 10 or 20 or 25 years building seen people have built beautiful markets business was another one we were talking to yesterday yes and just at the moment they're just watching it slip away a, wo- a woman on tv last night was showing us she built a uh, motel business with her husband yes and she said you know it's going to take ages because we-, we sell dreams she said from this beachside <laughs> town it was so beautiful and she was saying and it takes six months for people to plan that they can't just come tomorrow they have to really save and think and get the car packed and you know, people, it's so far out of their control, it's really quite heartbreaking. That is. And look, we've all heard those stories of someone who's just retired and is miserable because they're struggling with what to do um, because they don't have any other identity other than their work persona. So, and, and that's where, you know, it comes back to uh, what I was just saying. You need other things outside of your work where you get your satisfaction as well and find those opportunities to do things you love not just at work, although yeah. at work is a good place to start, but also outside of work because you won't work forever. No. And it's, and some of the things you learn at work, you can actually then use to volunteer as well. That's right. Incredible. And if you love what you do, um, then it just becomes an extension. So when you retire, you can still do what you want to do and love what you do yeah. as an extension. And just be careful of that bit where it overwhelms your identity and becomes your only definition what are you i'm not like a woman straight man whatever i'm not a parent i'm not a friend i'm, I'm actually an accountant and that's all i am <laughs> i hate to dump on accountants because yeah i know some lovely ones 
but it is that feeling that if you define it too much, it goes back and we can always crack Jeff Pfeffer's book, Dying for Paycheck, and he talks about people who've just been consumed by their job. Yeah. So we're not talking about consumed, but we're talking about that perfect balance where work is understood to be so important to people for their economic freedom, for participating, to belonging, finding, being useful to others and to each other, where work has meaning and not where it completely defines you. But at the moment, and the reason we wanted to bring this up is before we go down this debate of support or not support or bad people, the one idiot that wants to lie on the couch and doesn't <laughs> want to work or whatever, just ignoring that small minority, mm. the vast majority of people, and particularly the people who've lost their jobs, we just need to walk in this a little gently at the moment and appreciating that while there's a lot of things we may all want, there's all these people saying, I need this, I need this, I need that. But actually, a really great place to start would be working really hard to get everyone back to work, mm. participating, belonging. I'm not talking about when we're locked down. There's a lot of people who can't work at the moment because some, like Melbourne's locked down, etc. Yep. But belonging, participating, and we could all just park our higher order needs just for a little bit. And I particularly think that's true, and we've talked a lot about this with clients and what have you, of younger people. We've been encouraging them not to let the younger people go. So apprentices, trainees, junior lawyers, junior accountants, junior consultants, so many of them have lost their employment, and that's incredibly hard because they're already in a fairly insecure economy already, particularly if they're participating in a gig sort of pattern. Um, so we have to lean in hard and get them back to work um, so that we can absolutely make sure they're okay. It's it's so true. Um, I went to a friend's place last week, and you know, one of the, her daughters is a student at the moment, and she had two complete jobs that she would do while she was studying. Yep. One was about um, she's studying to be a PE teacher, and one of her jobs is about leading um, young people in hikes. And you know, she would do this with school groups and with groups that were doing sort of fitness classes and yeah. and another was as a barista in a coffee shop yeah and she's lost both of those jobs now. i know and they're and both so important jobs they're both important and yes yeah, she's still studying but she's lost that little bit of freedom that yeah. that income gave her so yeah and going so, back to mum or dad if they're able to and right. say can you please pay for my coffee it's exactly. like yes yeah, it's, it's about independence and freedom so Let's not dwell on those crazy few people who said I'd rather park my ass and watch Netflix than work um, because they are a super, super minority. And if you've got one of them on your team, we would now say, though, that there's about a million people, really good people, who've lost their jobs or are waiting to get jobs back. Yeah, and find you, one of them instead. Find one of them. And if you can't find one, call us and we will introduce you to them um, because there's just so many great people in that group. That's right. And they do very, very much appreciate the value of work and agree with us totally that's an important part of life. So thank you very much for having us. Um, if you'd like to keep up to date with things we're doing or read our philosophy, it's on www.white.live. Or if you'd like our free newsletter, which comes out every Friday, just write to us at team at moi.live. I look forward uh, to hearing from you. Look forward to it. <laughs> right, thanks for having us. Bye. Bye now. <laughs>